Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you love Westworld podcasts, don't forget to check out our sponsor, Day 11 Podcast, a Westworld podcast about... Other Westworld podcasts. Starting on Friday, the 19th of October, they will be covering 13 Reasons Why, posting 13 episodes, one per day, with the last episode posting Halloween, the 31st of October. So check them out on any podcast catcher by searching Day 11 Podcast or head right to day11podcast.com. Unspoiled Network Podcast. This is Unspoiled covering Westworld Season 2, Episode 6, Phase Space. In this episode, this uh, title's inscrutable. <laughs> episode, similarly so. Don't really know what's happening here. On with the show. <laughs> Welcome to Unspoiled. Sure, everybody. I'm Natasha. I am Rashawn. And uh, yes, so I told Rashawn, I warned her that I'm going to have all kinds of questions because I don't really get what was happening here. And her response was, I will not have any answers for you. That was pretty much it in the form of an emoji. <sighs> and I wanted to do like a little bit of a PSA at the beginning of this episode just to remind our gentle listeners that I am not a Westworld expert or guru or insider. I am simply someone who has already watched the season. So often I have as many questions. <laughs> so just keep that in what mind. What she's saying is leave her the fuck alone. Kinda. Kinda sort Right, everybody? I'm just watching this shit like you are. Guys, <laughs> I don't work for HBO. Um... So we don't actually get like a cold open this time before the mm -mm. Uh, credits. We just get like a previously on and then lots of stuff. Yeah. And then we jump right into the credits and uh, from there into um, the scene with Dolores and Bernard. Threw me off a little bit because I thought I had missed something and I like rewound it. Like, like what the fuck is wrong with my like 
my um because you know i watch it like on demand mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i thought maybe sometimes if i stop when i come back it'll pick up where i stopped so i thought that's what happened and i was like oh let me go let me go back to the beginning and then i was like oh that was the beginning <laughs> yeah this is um i have watched this episode three times now and there is so much going on that yeah. i have i just i feel like i still missed stuff um, but anyway, all right, we'll get, we'll get to all that, but it opens up with a conversation between Bernard and, uh, oh my God, I'm going to call her Winona Dolores. Oh my God. You stop it right Jesus now. God. Did you think for a second that it might be Arnold or did your mind go immediately to Bernard? Cause that's just where we are right now. Um, in this moment, I was thinking that it was actual Bernard or, okay. or Arnold or Arnold. Yes. Sorry. Oh, you think I thought you were it was thinking Arnold. Arnold. When you asked me, did I think it was Arnold? I thought you meant Ford for some reason. My brain twisted those up. Listen, okay. This is what this show does to me. It kind of does that. <sighs> Everybody right? just mm-hmm. fucking chill. Um, now I'm noticing in the subtitles, I watch it with subtitles mm-hmm. on like when I watch it on the TV and it does not give you the character name. But just now on the laptop, it says Bernard. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, this looked like Arnold to me because of what he's wearing. Because it mm-hmm. didn't seem like how Arnold dresses. Or, see, right. mm, Bernard dresses. Because Bernard right. tends to be in a lot more, like, natural textiles and, like, lighter right. colors. And the, and the first season primed us because we had seen so many... This scene is very familiar to us, mm-hmm. right? Them in their little secret space, having these, these conversations. Mm-hmm. And the first season, we think it's Bernard all the way through, and then we get to reveal that it was actually Arnold. So th- I feel like, for me, when this scene happens, my mind goes, oh, well, this is Arnold talking to Dolores. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one like a flashback to the, to the beginning. But it turns out... Not so much. <laughs> Not so much. He starts questioning, like, you know, he says, I'm frightened of you, what you could become, and should I allow this to continue? I don't know if that's my choice to make. And she stops him and says, no, that's not what you said. And he's like, what? And she uh, says, he said, I'm not sure what choice to make. He didn't question Mm -hmm. whether or not he had agency, whether or not he had the right to end me or himself. But right. whether he should. Right. I love that. It's a very subtle distinction, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, not whether or not you, you know, have a right to make this decision. Just whether or not it's the right decision or not. Like, he never says, should I do this? You mm-hmm. know, do I have, you know, am, is it right for me to, uh, do I have the, the right to do this? It's just sort of, uh, should I do it or should I not do yeah. it? Yeah, this, I don't know if you remember this, but I still remember it. One time you and I were at Oscars and it was like only like the third or fourth time we'd hung out and, uh, we were talking about some shit. I don't remember. It's feminist something. Something was going on. (laughs) And, um, I said something about how, and they're completely robbing her of her agency. And you said, you don't know how happy it makes me that you just use that word. Because <laughs> like, I think it was I, the first time we ever I got know, in there. I know, exact, I know exactly what we were talking Ooh, about. Oh, do you? I do. 
we were talking about the first season of Game of Thrones, and you were, I hadn't read it yet, I hadn't read the first book yet of uh, Song of Ice Fire, and you, and I was, it was Cersei, and you were trying to explain to me that, because there's a scene that they added, I guess, for the show, where she starts talking about her kids or something. Mm, right. And you're like, that shit wasn't in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, that's what we were talking about. <laughs> we were podcasting before we were podcasting. <laughs> Jesus, God. I'm nothing if not consistent. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that was like the first time that we had a real like a moment of, oh, we're having like a real conversation. <laughs> not just gossiping about people at work. I know, right? It was, uh, it's what I knew. Yeah, right. And then I remember, like, you, you said something to me about, um, I, I don't remember exactly what brought up talking about race, but you went, I am obsessed with race. <laughs> and I remember just being like, oh, okay. And I went home and told Brendan that you said that. And he looked at me like I was being really disrespectful to you. Like really? I was making shit up that you said. And I was like, that's literally what she said. Quote. I am obsessed with race. She said, I'm not <laughs> saying she's obsessed. That's what she said about herself. And he was like, okay. But you could tell he clearly did not believe me. Like he thought that I was assigning that to you. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah, was... I had no idea about that conversation <laughs> when you got home. I am guys. I'm obsessed with race. Listen, I have always been. At this point now I am too. <laughs> See how interesting it is? It's like people are like, why do you have to bring race into everything? Because it's in everything because already. it's everything. Not everything's about race. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Literally everything. It's insane. <sighs> anyway. Slightly off topic here. Only slightly. Um, so, yeah. Then he starts asking her, like, oh, is, is this... Is this some new improvisation? And she tells him, freeze all motor functions. And then did you just scream to I was just like, what? (laughs) And she tells him to sit. And she stands up and looks at him and is holding the friggin' thing in her hands. Yeah, she takes that little tablet out of his hands. And then you know the power has shifted. This is a test, one we have done countless times. What are we testing for? Fidelity. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and of course, you know, because of the previous episodes, we understand everything that that means. Yep. Even though that's all she says in the scene ends. We, we are hip. Yep. We know. <laughs> Except that we don't know because this could be any number of things happening here. Yeah. We don't know when this scene occurs. Mm -hmm. Like, the show doesn't tell us for certain when this happens. Do you have uh, thoughts or theories about, like, do you think this is way before anything that we've seen? This is just, like, the Bernard bot getting ready to be (laughs) deployed or... Bernard... bot. The Bernobot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What... Okay, so there are a few things that occurred to me here. It could be that he's just like that somehow uh, Ford involved her in the creation of the new Bernard. Mm-hmm. That would make sense, right? Yeah, which, you know, if that's 
if he decides that I had the wrong idea about this from the start and and Arnold was right and I'll use the robot that he used to like take himself out that knew him best in a way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that could work uh, she could have like got like jumped the Bernard that we've been seeing in between times and like right because there's so much happening off book yeah. that we're not even seeing there's so much like missing time the only thing about that is that his outfit like she'd have had to change his clothes and stuff yeah um, yeah that's so it doesn't really feel like it would be a priority to her to change his clothes <laughs> but maybe i don't know it could be after he like kind of becomes self-aware and starts questioning things and trying to like usurp Ford so he thinks at that point Mm -hmm. but I don't really know because really what I thought about was like well maybe after he shot himself in the head but like they bring him back like he's on the floor when they find him so that doesn't feel right right Um, so yeah it's just like the creation of him feels the most likely Mm -hmm. and it makes the most sense I think Mm -hmm. Um, if you are Ford and you're creating a Bernard, um, you know Bernard very well as Ford, right? Right. But you only know one side of him. There's this other side that you didn't, I think, take seriously or pay attention to in real time when it was happening, when it was Arnold, you know, when Arnold was having these misgivings and these second thoughts and all this shit. Right. Everything we know is that Ford blew him off every time. Right. So if he's trying to make a Bernard that's going to be fully what Arnold was, he would need someone who knew that other side. And and who better than Dolores? Yeah, so that, like, what a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Because it suggests that there are times where she's aware of what where they are. Right. In a way and, that's, dis- like, strangely detached from... Her real conscious understanding. That's just what I was going to say, too. Because if she is in a position to test Bernard's fidelity, what does she think she is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's real weird. Is she even who she is? Are any of us? (laughs) Stay tuned. Um, valid questions that may or may not be answered. You know? All right. So then we go to Teddy, who they have a nice little moment of him, like, bending down to pick up this can like he tends to do. Right. But instead... He's picking up a shell casing right behind Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, Which, oh, no, it's actually, it's a bullet. It's an unspent bullet, it looks like. Yeah. So he saves it. To give to the poor mm-hmm. sap on the train later. Um, and we go inside the brothel where there's that w- one dude who's still dealing cards and Clementine's still like prancing around. Yeah. As <laughs> Dolores plays the piano. Dolores, <laughs> you have a macabre sense of humor, lady. <laughs> um, and Teddy comes in. And I really didn't know 
how this and and we don't really get it here, but we do in the next conversation. I didn't think that he would remember that she changed him. Um. Oh, okay. Well, you said yeah. You said we get it in the next scene. Yeah. Um. He um he he seems to be talking about what he used to be in this scene though. Um. Because she's she's saying to him, you know, we're going to go on a train, and you did did that ride a thousand times, mm-hmm. almost like you know, are you going to be okay if we get on this train? And he's like, that Teddy, that Teddy was weak, built weak and born to fail. Yeah, fuck that Teddy. No, you <laughs> he's fixed not a, him. Yeah, he's not a problem anymore. Like. I just didn't, I thought whatever change she made, she would also delete the memory of him having been someone else mm-hmm. and also delete the memory that she changed him from who he That's used to be. Now, if her whole deal is having them be fully aware, why would you think that she would delete that? Just like sort of as a mercy almost? Honestly, if my whole deal is her having them be fully aware, why is she letting anybody mess with anybody's code anymore? That shouldn't right. even be allowed. You know what I thought about that I don't think we discussed in that episode when this happens is she has them sort of forcefully hold him down while she does this thing to him. Mm-hmm. Which, is that really necessary? I mean, I would think so. If, if he doesn't want this to happen, right? Like, That's what I mean. Like, if I'm wondering... And, can she and tell is, him freeze all motor functions? Well, well, no, not to that extent, even though that's a really good question, but maybe she doesn't realize that's an option, but, um, but just that, um, if she, Dolores told our Teddy, sit down for a second, (laughs) wouldn't he have just sat down? (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't think so. And because, but this is part of the thing that we were pointing out she has to bring him into a room full of carcasses with flies all over the place. Like she puts him in a state of being panicked by this, mm-hmm. the, the over dramatic surroundings that she decides. So I feel like she could have just been like, Hey, sit down, Teddy. If she hadn't chosen to be fucking grandstanding about it, the way that yeah, she did. that's true. That's true. But she decided to have this like back alley butcher shop kind of feel to the whole thing and by butcher shop i mean his brain not the actual Mm -hmm. butchered animals um yeah i i guess part of me feels like the teddy that we've grown to know would have basically sat down and let dolores do anything she wanted to him because he's that devoted to her hmm um but but i don't I don't think that the way they did it is necessarily, like, bad. Um, I guess maybe we're supposed to feel like somehow this change needs to be a little bit different than when Ford ran, like, the Wyatt Code on Teddy in the first season. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Where it was just sort of like Ford did the whole, like, you know, I'm the programmer. You're just a, a machine. I can upload into you whatever I want. You have to sit here and take it. Hmm. So I guess maybe to make a distinction, they have to make it so that Dolores has to have them restrain him in order to 
to basically do the same thing because that's what Ford did, right? Yes. Just went in and changed all his settings and uploaded this new narrative to him. I don't know, like, because I feel like the only reason that I would say that he wouldn't just let her do whatever he wanted um, is because he's already sort of shown that he isn't exactly on board with everything she's doing anymore. Mm, Like, he's proven to be a little bit more rebellious. Okay. Um... And so now she can't really trust that she, loyalty the way that she right. did implicitly before. Okay, I think that's a fair point. I don't know. <laughs> Please don't hold me to this. Um, but yeah, so this scene, like, he's, you know, already being like, yeah, no, I'm not that guy anymore. Um, you saw to that with this sort mm-hmm. of tone. It's a little bit of a dig, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit. Um, I'm really just like, okay, well. So then we have we go from there to the uh, the train platform where she's trying to find out where her dad is, and they're questioning this dude who claims to not know anything, and apparently Teddy believes him. Yeah, <laughs> because nobody else is willing to just dispatch this man no they're all just like you know you tell us what you know and and the tech is pleading with him you know just tell her something and uh he just says he keeps talking about she you know she came down she was the boss she knew places we didn't know about yep and then teddy is like later for all this yeah <laughs> he's over it. To be. <laughs> which i like weirdly respect because of how impatient it is mm-hmm. you know i i kind of almost feel like at this point teddy's doing what i want in terms of the plot like oh we're really gonna like try and drag this out with finding her dad from this guy like no right we'll deal with that later we have other shit to worry about and i'm like right. yes you do and that's how he rolled into the fucking saloon too he's like hey i thought you said we were leaving in the morning yep <laughs> let's get a move on um, so he shoots this guy and Dolores stands there with tears in her eyes and I'm like, bitch, shut up. She does look almost taken aback, right? Yeah. Which is a weird reaction because you did this though. I guess that she wasn't ready for what that meant, but like, too bad. Yeah. It's almost like, I don't want to go so far as to say that it's like a moment of being like, oh, but where's my sweet Teddy, you know? But it is kind of like a moment where she's like, oh, this is, this is what I set up. Yep. I guess this is who he is now. And I, it's just, I don't, I don't want to say it's regret or anything, but it definitely is a moment of her looking kind of like, oh, shit yeah i think it's more like um oh okay that 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 works do you know what i mean like uh well like watching people like it's different when you're watching it be worked on strangers than be watching it be worked on somebody that you know oh i see what you mean you know 
Um, like, oh, like, like validation. Like, okay, that, that shit I just did, it really did take effect. Yeah. It really made a change. Huh. Because I feel like, you know, it's, it's, it is a very different thing to, like, intellectually know something and to actually see evidence of that thing. Right. And uh, so I kind of, yeah, I kind of feel like that's what's happening there. It's just a moment of, like, wow. I was able to, like, bring people back to life and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, that... They came back as the people they were. Right, right. This she is the first make... time that she's done something like this. Yeah. Yeah. She's not like Maeve, who has experience with altering the programming. Yeah. Um, you're right. Like, we saw her bring the guys back at uh, Fort Forlorn Hope, but she didn't make any, that I can recall, individual adjustments to anyone's, you know, personality. Yeah. Yeah, and I I also think like as much as Maeve is is familiar with it, she's still shocked when she sees that her daughter can be reprogrammed to have another mom. Listen, you oh. know, like yeah, that was a moment. It was one of uh, Owen. Like the episode starts and she comes out in the hills, and the first thing Owen goes, "Daughter, gonna have a new mama. What you gonna do?" like he just yelled that all casual while he was playing his game and i was just like you need to not just shout very upsetting shit like that just out because he saw that one coming from a mile yeah. away it's it's amazing that Maeve doesn't see that coming a yeah away right mm-hmm. which i which for some reason to me makes it all the more painful because Maeve has experienced it firsthand like she's aware that the clementine was you know clementine was replaced like she's experienced that and yet somehow the thing with her and her daughter and having her having her role replaced seems like such a shock to her like it just never occurred to her yeah i think i think that's really what i'm talking about is that you can know but when it happens to somebody that you really care about it's just a Mm -hmm. completely different thing yeah, agreed. Um, all right, so uh, you want to talk about fucking Stubbs? Because <laughs> this poor bastard, he isn't ready for anything, and he thinks he's ready for everything, and he's a precious little baby in the woods. Like, oh, he's over here like, yeah, well, uh... You guys didn't tell me anything, and you know, you should really tell me. And tr- fucking Charlotte's just like, oh, I'm <laughs> really not interested in having this fucking conversation again. Um, and then, oh, really? You had a way to call for help and you didn't even do it? And she's like, you idiot. Why do you think they were holding out? Because of this guy. Oh, so I'm supposed to believe that they wouldn't send help just because. And she's like, yes. Yeah. Oh, Stubbsy. She's oh, Stubbsy. You're, you were hired to secure the park. Good luck with your next review, by the way. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, the last time we saw Stubbs, uh, okay, well, he was with the Ghost Nation, mm-hmm. with um, the Man in Black's daughter, and then they all just sort of, like, leave him, like, they all disappear. Right. And he has now made his way back to headquarters with Charlotte Hale. And is he, when she goes to get Abernathy from the fort, is he there? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so either. So, yeah, there's like a lot of 
time stuff here that I'm not like sure about because I don't know how he gets here like this has got to be later on but I don't know how he got back here Mm -hmm. Um, because like when she shows up she says where the hell have you been so I figure this is after his you know capture somehow I just don't know how he got out of there yeah I think uh, I think the same I guess after the ghost nation leave and it's just like they're all sitting there he just makes his way back how he connects with charlotte while she has abernathy we haven't seen yeah but here they are she's finally getting to tell corporate that she has the fucking package (laughs) i'm just Um, so like the whole thing fucking I'm just <laughs> mad at her. You know what? That's what it is. I'm just mad at her for like the the cavalier attitude that she's got. Oh, how are there still more things to shoot in this? I'm like, people are fucking being massacred out there. She does not seem to care, right? She couldn't give any fewer shits and it's funny because you know we met her last season and she was you know she was a little uh confident and a little over overly cocky but she seems here just i don't know like she's just doesn't give a shit i really think that it's like it's that she's finally back on familiar ground now. You know, she's be she's prepared to deliver the thing that she promised. This is going to look good on her. The rest of the park completely falling to hell is not her fault. And she's confident that they know that and that won't count against her. It's all about her agenda and her reputation. And Which seems to be just to like get the fuck out of the park, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get the thing and get out. And get out and, and ascend however within the company that she's actually working for. Mm-hmm. And I think she seems very confident of that and that she'll be in a position of power for the future. You know? Mm-hmm. She's just a very single-minded woman. Yeah, she's definitely fucking focused as fuck. Yeah. And there's a, they get Abernathy and they're, uh, they do like those, what do you call those things? They're, it's like, not a nail gun. They're like bolts. It is like a nail gun. I mean. Like it, a pressurized bolt though. It's, you know. Yeah. They look like the things that you would use for like railroad ties. I was going to say they like those things that you shoot the cows in the head with. Oh, maybe. But either way, it's terrible. And yeah. they use that to secure Abernathy to this. I don't know, this um, table? is it? It's not even a table. It's like a weird chair that reclines yeah. or something. Um, and they just fucking bolt him right on in so he can't do anything. Poor Stubbs. Is that really necessary? And fucking... I just... I love, again, how he's still trying to, like, have some empathy here. Do you think it's weird because he was so cagey about the host in the first season, right? It is a little weird. I like, and that was how, that was actually the first thought that I had as well. Not just like, oh, he's just been through some shit, but like, 
he, the first season, he was the one that was worried about just this sort of thing happening. Right, right. Like, he would have been the one fucking nailing him to a chair in the first season. So this is kind of what makes me, like, wonder what the hell happened to him when he got captured. Because fe- something had to change, right. you the, know? The last thing we see is fucking... He, the, uh, I think it's... um. I forget who it is. One of the Ghost Nation leans in and says, uh, you only live as long as they remember you. Mm. And then, like, he opens his eyes and everybody is gone. That's right. That's what it was. But they're not... Not everybody is gone, are they? I thought that the other prisoners were still Oh, no, no, yeah, I'm sorry. I just mean, like, the Ghost Nation is all gone. Okay, But the the other prisoners and, and whoever, they're all still just, like, left there. Um, Okay. That's, oh man, I just really wonder what the hell. All right, so he's watching them as they fucking basically crucify this guy. Yeah, it's bad. It's real awful. And he looks really like it's a, like it's too much. Like, like Stubbs' face is like, this is way too much for me. Yep. And Abernathy, who doesn't have any lines because he's gagged, mm-hmm. still manages this, this actor. We talk about it all the time, but. He tweeted at me. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, his acting in this moment and Stubbs like does, he's got like sort of dark hollows under his eyes. Like he's mm-hmm. like, oh god, I might be, I might be sick. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, the uh, thing. What is it that fucking Charlotte says? Oh, you're about to get your deep and dreamless yeah. slumber, bitch. Yeah. If you don't. <laughs> cold blooded. <laughs> it seems cold blooded. Like, really, you had to just get that line in. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So then we go to uh, Shogun World, where bodies are still steaming in the morning air. Yeah, the aftermath. It is I'm, really gross. I'm sad that we. I mean, we don't need to see because we can kind of tell what happened. But I'm sad we don't get to see that whole thing. Yeah, that would have been pretty good. I have I guess just seeing the blood flying around behind Maeve's head in slow motion. Yes. Yeah. That was also solid. pretty good. <laughs> and that's like she's all splat her face is all splattered with blood. And nobody takes the time to rinse their damn face this nope. whole episode. Nope. <laughs> and we see uh um Akane is washing Sakura's face and eventually like takes out an, and I was like, what is she doing? And it turns out that she is cutting her heart out mm-hmm. because they like take it to this like ceremonial sort of temple. Yeah. They take it to the place that, um, Smallwood had suggested in the previous episode, the uh, Silver Lake or whatever it's called, right. or Snow Lake, um, where, uh, Sakura is from. And uh, she's going to carry her heart back home, which is, like, so literal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I was not... When she's cutting her open, I was at, at first thought, like, is she about to kill herself over her daughter's body? Mm. Because the way that she lifts the knife and even the angle at which it, it, it appears to, like, go into the body looked like it was facing towards her. Right. You know? Um. But no, yeah, she's just cutting, literally cutting her heart out and then wraps it up in uh, the sleeve of Maeve's gown, which I'm like, you really should have planned ahead a little bit, <laughs> but okay. Um, 
And, and uh, this is when they go to get the rest of the crew that's like being held um, hostage by the Tanaka guy, mm-hmm. who's like the, I don't know, chief. He's not like the Shogun, but he was like the chief of the army or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, they show up and some guys come out and Maeve is like, nope, not today. <laughs> um, and then we get this duel between Tanaka and... Uh, uh, Mashami. Mashami? Mashami. Mashami. Um, I think that the second syllable is the one that tends to get the, uh, the stress in Japanese. Oh, okay. So, um, or maybe that's wrong. <laughs> Sakura is the first. So, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. All right. <laughs> Ignore me. I know nothing. <laughs> and at first, Maeve is going to do her hoodoo, right, and take care of it. And he interrupts her and challenges the guy to the duel. And I had forgotten. I really loved the last episode, but I had forgotten how much. I was, I'm not like a, like a kung fu nerd or anything, but I am a child of the late 70s and early 80s. And I had older brothers and older male cousins who were obsessed and... When I was a little girl, every weekend you could get like eight hours of Kung Fu on TV. Wow. Like they, would, they would just show it all fucking day every weekend. And I had forgotten how many of those movies that I'd watched as a little kid. So when they have their duel, I was so here for it. <laughs> like I, um, I haven't watched any of martial arts movies in, in forever. But watching this i was like oh my god that's right and when he cuts his <laughs> hand off and then his head i'm like that's that shit that's right oh my god that's how that goes <laughs> yeah owen like while we were watching this just kept saying oh this makes me want to watch other stuff mm-hmm. yeah. yeah same same um so this fight is pretty awesome it's so good i one of my favorite things and it's a very small detail but Musashi has the the his sword sheathed for the first like several steps of the mm-hmm. fight, and then like pulls it out like he's so unconcerned about blocking that he's just gonna step out of the way. Yeah, he's not yeah. even gonna try and parry. It's just gonna be like, no, you're not getting me yet. Which there's a lot of arrogance there. Yeah, yeah, but it's good <laughs> though. Like it <laughs> oh, works. It's great. <laughs> and um. Akani is like, do you know, she tells Maeve, you know, like, do your magic. And Maeve is like, no, sometimes we have to choose, you know, Mm -hmm. even if it means death. Which comes back to haunt her later. Yeah, it does. You use my own words against me. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, pretty good fight. And then they uh, proceed down to the temple, which I don't think that happens here yet, does it? Um... Um, they're dueling no yeah then we go to uh, the man in black after the fight yeah and this dude is ignoring his daughter because he thinks that she is not real yeah yeah he doesn't believe she's which is (laughs) hilarious and did not even occur to me it's funny because you know which which ties into the way this episode ends, but um, he has encountered Ford a couple of times. Mm-hmm. You know, no one else has, but he has. So 
he thinks this is just another one of Ford's games. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's not a wholly unreasonable assumption to make. It's not. Like, once he said it, I was like, oh, oh, interesting. And he says, like, would you really stoop this low, Ford? Which is interesting because that implies that Ford would think this would really get to him when we don't really seem to believe he's got much of a relationship with his daughter to worry about. Right. And then you find out that, like, his daughter coming to Westworld, this isn't, like a thing that she does all the time. So him seeing her here feels completely out of the question yeah, because of yeah, what he like, knows about her. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels very much like a, a contrivance of Ford. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, my daughter's here now. Ooh, you know, um, but it turns out she's got her own, um, I don't want to say shit to work out, but maybe shit to work yeah, out. Yeah, shit to work out seems <laughs> accurate to me. Um, so first they have the uh, the moment where she's like, oh, wow, you've been out in the sun a little bit too long. And then finally look, looking out for his dudes because they're about to uh, step into a honeypot and those aren't actually Ghost Nation arrows and the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then we cut away to Bernard and Elsie. Bernard and Elsie. This is yeah. one of those pairings that I really love, but I'm like dreading because I feel like something's going to have to happen to one of them soon. Yeah. I just. This is. um. So. <sighs> what? We see Bernard and Elsie and this is, I guess I should ask you where you think this is happening or when rather do you think this is happening? This Bernard and Elsie trek along the train track. It is so hard to like even keep track of when I think anything is happening. <laughs> like I think that this has to be happening around the same time as what's going on with um with Stubbs because of the crash that they seem to be watching happen as Elsie feels it happen. Yes. But that could be a red herring and it could be something else that they're feeling, you know? That's true. Um, I think um, this is supposed to be right after they encounter Delos in that weird chamber that isn't like really a nice apartment and they're just leaving there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just really hard to. And they go in like she asks um why did they have to kill all of these guys? Because they were no threat. And I don't know if she's talking about, like, why did the hosts kill these techs? Or why did the techs kill these hosts? Oh, she says, Elsie is talking about the the recon or QA team or whatever, because she calls them a bunch of macho assholes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she's talking about the, uh, the, the welcome committee, because there's that nice shot, like, of like the white hats hanging on the wall. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that's right. Climate control's been fixed. Nice priorities. <laughs> Which I'm like, listen, there's a lot of dead bodies in there. You should be thankful yeah. they have the AC I was, running. I thought sort of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get that shit chilled down. <laughs> um. So she says that QA has been trying to get a hold of whatever Ford did to the system. 
but they've been blocked every single time by the cradle, which is apparently fighting back. Mm-hmm. And that is not supposed to be its function. Right. It is there's not supposed like, to be able to adapt immediately to situations. Yeah. There's some kind of uh, ghost in the machine, you know, that she says it seems like the cradle is improvising. Mm-hmm. Which I think is terrifying. Yeah, because it's like, and specifically improvising because every time it responds to any approach, it responds in a totally new way. It's not following any sort of pattern. Yep. So that's, yeah, that's crazy. And Bernard, of course, that's not how this works. And she's like, yeah, well, bitch, I don't know what to tell you. I'm (laughs) looking at it right in front of my friggin' face. Mansplaining her code reading to her. Listen, (laughs) sit down. And then this is when he's like, well, we have- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's going to be my new fucking retort. <laughs> and if people don't watch the show, they will not understand how witty and wonderful it is. <laughs> <laughs> Next time somebody's acting up in a comment section. Oh, that's totally happening. Fucking freeze all motor Yep. <laughs> Um, so this is when Bernard is like, well, we have to go down there because you have to do it in person. Yeah. Which I didn't know if I believed him here because I can't trust Bernard anymore. So I feel like we can't trust anything anymore. That's fair. Like, yeah. what are we even seeing? That's the, this is the same like crisis that I had last season where you were like, well, what do you think is happening? And I'm like, I don't know anything. <laughs> Nothing is real. Nothing's happening when I thought. I can't make any theories about anything. Like, I just completely <laughs> threw in the towel and was just like, ah. <laughs> I was like a sullen teenager being called on. This show class. is just going to show. It's just going to do what it does. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. yeah, probably from some kind of metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's probably some kind of metaphor. <laughs> it's a safe bet. Uh, uh, right. So we leave Bernard and Elsie and we go back to Maeve and them. It's really pretty heartless how you phrase that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, And they get to this really beautiful scene. Yeah, it's something. You know, it's gorgeous. There's the mountain in the in the background and... Um, I guess it's, I'm not sure what this is supposed to be. Like, it looks almost like a graveyard to me, but I don't think that's a hundred percent right. Yeah. I but think they, I said temple and I don't yeah, really, that's the closest word that sounded yeah, right. That kind of stands. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. Except that it's littered with like pieces of bodies, which is, you know, well, not great. It seems like everywhere is lately. <laughs> Um, I mean, but they're just, like, arms and shit. It's like, why is everything all severed? That's a good question. Indeed. Yeah, like, you know, what happened here? Um, but the Felix and Sylvester are, like, tapping, you know, frantically around, and Sizemore comes up and hits a button, and it's a little chute that goes, like, down into the um, facility proper. Right. Um, they can and, drag uh, bodies. Yeah, I guess it's just like to dispose of them. And um, I think it's Sylvester that... Oh, Felix jumps down. <sighs> Poor Felix. Because Sylvester was like, well, go ahead. And for some reason, he does. I would have been like, fuck you. Asks. That's, very dangerous. That's 
You go <laughs> first. <laughs> but, you know, I guess that's just me. Mm. I'm, um, I'm sorry, but nobody's going down that hole if I'm running things. Well, I mean, if I'm running things, I'm not going down that hole. Mm-mm. Somebody can, but it's not me. I just like it. You don't. You can't see the end of it. It's dark and it's covered <laughs> in blood. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. I mean, like uh, Smallwood had said uh, in an earlier episode, like the best way to get through the park would be to do it underground. And and he's not wrong. No. Um, but again, I wouldn't have just jumped down there. Mm-mm. That's just me. Felix I'm, is made up of different stuff. I'm not heading into anything that I can't see the bottom of it. They drop a head down there first, like that's the all clear. In what world? You know? Like, what do they What do they expect to have happen? Like, a garbage disposal to start running? Is that what they're testing for? I- <laughs> oh, never mind. Like, yeah, like, what is the sound that they hear that makes them go, oh, okay, we're not going down there. So, something smacking its <laughs> lips? Crocodiles down there like a mm. Bugs Bunny cartoon. Did you see that fucking video of the dog dressed up like the crocodile? I did not. Sean? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm literally going onto Facebook at this moment and tagging you right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, <coughs> so they go down there and like, yeah, I just don't, I yeah. don't think so. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's the same thing as like, um, when you see in like, various shows and movies and whatever that somebody is like lifting up floorboards and found and is looking for something and they just reach in there oh yeah who's fucking her hand down no. into some weird dark Mm-mm. dank hole like no that's a real good way to come back up with your arm covered in spiders that's how you pull back a nub but oh i had a hand but now i don't a nub because i stuck <laughs> it in some weird hole <laughs> that's someone who doesn't deserve to have a hand Oh, God, no. Um, <laughs> I just tagged you, so when you get a chance... I will. <laughs> it is the best thing that's ever been done as a prank, ever. Um, so, okay, let me get this Akani is... lighting the heart on fire. Yeah, and Maeve is thinking at this point still that they're all going to join her. Mm-hmm. And um, Akani and Masashi are like, no, no, we're going to stay. Um and she's trying to convince them that it is okay to leave a dangerous place to find shelter from the storm. And and I think we talked about this last time, too, because I had watched that after the episode thing. But the all the sequences in Japanese are, like, super um, formal, almost, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not, like, casual, not, you know, current-day conversation. Everything is very, um, ah, what's the word? Like she says, it's not cowardice to seek shelter from the storm. Where right. in a much more relaxed way, you would just be like, it doesn't make any sense to stay here. <laughs> like, it's dangerous here. Come with us. <laughs> You'd be like, bitch, you're the dumbass. <laughs> I don't know how to what to tell you why you think that we're making the stupid ass decision here, but... But they mentioned in the little, uh, the little after the show thing that they, much like the dialogue you come across in, in Westworld, everything is kind of overly written almost, mm. you know? Um, so I I love this, just this little moment. 
And um, this is when Akane basically throws Maeve's words right back in her own face. Yep. Um, and again, uh, Miss Tandy Newton, who won the Emmy, by the by, whoop, whoop. Um, just does some amazing acting with not a lot of dialogue. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, like her face when she's listening to Connie say, you know, we're going to stay here. Um, her spirit stays here and she's my daughter and I belong. Yeah. Her, her um, Maeve's face is like, it's at the same time heartbroken, but also like a hundred percent. I get that, you know, like mm-hmm. an understanding. And then, um, oh, I can't remember her name, guys. Which, oh, the other girl, the the, dragon lady? Yeah, yeah. She is going to go with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, she has this moment where she kind of uh, looks at um, Musashi and just sort of like, like does this little bit of a bow. Mm -hmm. And it's just like full of like, I I thank you for everything we've been through and I, you know, respect you still and wish you good, but also I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, it's a quick, quick, quick moment. And then even Hector like gives him a little nod. Yeah. I like the, the Hector nod. Yeah. It's, it's very begrudging on mm-hmm. their parts, but <laughs> begrudging respect, not begrudgingly. Like, oh, somebody's making me, but like. No, it's absolutely uh, like begrudgingly respect. Like, I didn't really want to like, I don't really fuck with you like that, but. <laughs> I've loved to like everybody else when they bow to each other, they sort of like glance at the ground, but both of them each maintain eye contact. When yeah, they bow. yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not taking my eyes off your ass for a second. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> um, and yeah, they just stand there and watch her heart burn. Yeah, watch her yeah. heart burn. That's um, a good name for a record up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so man in black and uh, father daughter time. So, what do you think of this? It's hilarious. <laughs> Because I'm assuming throughout this entire scene that he still does not believe this is his daughter. I agree. Right? That's why he tried to trick her, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I don't, like, she clearly does not think that he tried to trick her. She thinks he's just that bad at everything. I think so, too. I you know? think she really thinks that this is evidence that he's a piece of shit dad. Mm-hmm. That he can't even get this detail right. Yep. Yeah, and then the whole, like, oh, so if I'm so terrible... Because she... One of my favorite moments is him trying to be like, well, I guess you saw things my way after all. About her coming to the park in the first place. hmm And when he says... When she says, oh, I've always seen the appeal... He's sort of like his eyebrows go up and then she says life without consequences. And he looks so insulted that Mm -hmm. that she has reduced what he thinks of as his like grand exploration of self Mm -hmm. to simply, oh, no, you just want to get away with shit. This is not some deep spirit quest. Right, right, right. All you want is to be able to wreak havoc and 
you know, enact violence on whoever mm-hmm. and not have to pay for it. And that's very base and not admirable. Yeah. And uh, you're not special or cool for it. There's a, a moment where he's like, uh, and you managed to survive and here you are without a scratch. I guess you're part of my line too. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. He, he tries to say that she like came to find him. Why are you here to crawl back under my under wing? my wing? Yeah, and she literally laughs in his face and is like, "You think that's what's happening here?" Yeah. Oh, sweetie, it's a, it's a, it's like that. There's these two people who should know each other much better, mm-hmm. but don't really. Mm-hmm. And she says later too in a conversation that. She had always thought that he was the, like, air quotes, good guy, mm-hmm. right? And mom was the mess. But mom is actually the one who really saw you for what you were. And she just, as the daughter, didn't realize it until it was too late. Right. Which is, um, you know, a little too truthful show. Hey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I think that that is sort of, I mean, maybe not for everybody, but for me, uh, the experience of deciding which parent is you know the good parent Mm -hmm. you know um and then it's not until you're much older that you see that both your parents are kind of fucked up in different ways you know um but that's just like the thing you you don't get the benefit of that wisdom until you're much older until there's no point to having it anymore listen (laughs) It really, like, the way life works does really seem so stupid. Like, what good is this now? Mm-hmm. Thanks like, what, for what can I nothing. do with this? Exactly. I have all this good information now. I see things clearly, but what can I do with it? Yep. You know, by the time you get that information, you get to that point, half the fucking people you want to talk to about it, they're already gone. Yep. Because life sucks and it's cruel. <laughs> Welcome Thanks. to Unspoiled, Bye. everyone. <laughs> Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> um, but so Emily is like, look, here's what happened. I said some shit after mom died, and I shouldn't have put that on you. That wasn't fair. Mm-hmm. And we need to go home and work this shit out. Enough with this, whatever this fucking death by robot nonsense you've got going on. Yeah, because he, he says something like, oh, maybe you just came to watch me die. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, no, I came here because you do not get to do exactly. that to me. Which, God, don't you want to... Listen, that is something I wish I would said. <laughs> not that my dad was killed by murderous robots or anything. but <laughs> Me just... thinks you protest too much, <laughs> madam. But just that moment of where you wish you could say to your parents, look, you don't get the fucking, you know, enact your own little melodrama like you're Mm -hmm. the only person that exists. Like your choices and your actions have consequences on the rest of us and get your head out of your fucking ass. Yep. Um, And that makes what happens next so fucking frustrating. Yeah. Like I could have threw my whole fucking TV. When she wakes up and he's fucking gone. Like, god damn it. (laughs) It just really, like... The whole thing is... It feels... For me, it feels like he almost believes 
for a second that this is really her until she says that she wants to get him to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the thing that, like, yep. he he sees that this is some sort of test yep. or something. I agree 100%. He feels like, oh, this is trying to get me to give up on my quest, huh, Robert? I'm not falling for it. Mm-hmm. But, I yeah. mean, literally, how do you, like, <laughs> function in this world without being that paranoid? Especially someone who has spent as much time in this world as he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sucks. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's that. <laughs> she wakes up and just starts cursing. Um, I just love the look on her face, like, because she really thought. And she has that, like... It's a mix of horror and like she wants to start crying. Like her, she just did some real good face acting. Yeah, in that yeah, moment. she did. Um, who is the one guy that's left with her? Just is one this, of the cousins. So just they didn't like. She didn't. Ha- oh man, that's they, fucked up. They left her like one dude, I guess, to keep an eye on her. But he, he doesn't seem that concerned with her well-being. He really doesn't. <laughs> He's sitting here having some some fucking beans breakfast. out of a can. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know what I just realized that like when, uh, when Bernard and because the the next scene, it cuts from her standing there just being like, are you serious to Bernard and Elsie again? And as they're walking to the cradle, there are two people below them because they're Mm -hmm. walking on this like walkway. There's like a team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if they're aware they're there. I don't think so. It doesn't seem like Or it. else they might, like, try and flag them down a little bit. Um, but, yeah. It doesn't seem like either party is aware of the other one being there. And the cradle really creeps her out. Uh, she says, it's like a hive mind. Every yeah. single one of them is in here alive. And he says, it's just data. And she says, yeah. You don't believe that. Yeah. Which I liked because he doesn't. Come on. It is super creepy looking. He doesn't really have like a reaction to her saying it's like a hive mind. He doesn't have a reaction to a lot of things. And that's part of what's making me creeped out. Like the most reaction that we get from him is when they finally begin to saw into his friggin' head. That's what it took. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But otherwise he's like so inwardly focused that outwardly it does not seem like there's anything going on. And we see him reaching into that box and picking up that red thing, which I think I had said was like a brain or a, yeah, it's, a it's cortex. What it, it's, yeah, it's the little, whatever we choose to call it, like the, little, the little pearl mm-hmm. or chestnut or whatever that's inside of all the host. Yeah. So, I don't know if I want to get us back on that again. <laughs> about what we think that is. There's no need. And who Nothing has changed. To. My thoughts have not advanced. Okay. <laughs> like the the closest I can come is that it's it's Ford. And I don't know why it would be. I really don't. Okay. You know, like I got nothing. <laughs> um and and all right, so this is the part where I was like I'm not sure I understand. She's trying to figure out what's rewriting the code. They go to the cradle because she can't access that information remotely. They get to the cradle. She still can't access that information. So he says, 
to put him in. Mm-hmm. Well, Which, he ha- Oh, never mind. What? I was just going to say, as she's working on the terminal, he, in this you said he has a flashback, but he also says that he's been here before and he's either brought something or someone there. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was the brain in his pocket. But I don't know. Because the brain in his pocket, if it's Ford and he puts it in the system, then Ford's fighting back. Right? Well, yeah, that would make sense. Unless, um, I would wonder, would Ford need Bernard to do that? That's part of my question. Like, yeah, that seems really cumbersome. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, instead of just inserting, you're, you're just like, well, um, I'm going to be in this little red ball. If you could find your way over to that right. room. <laughs> it's going to be, be kind of hectic. There's going to be a lot going on. <laughs> but see if you cross can find my fingers, it. you make it. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a, seems like a unnecessarily difficult and arduous task. Like, or it could be himself, you know, his own. Oh. Or, or it could be Elsie. And he's going to have to kill Elsie and then remake a new Elsie. Oh, shit. But nobody knows what's going on with Elsie, so I don't see why he'd have to replace Elsie. Nobody's thinking about right? her anymore. Who else could he make? He's he just making make, folk. He can make, make a second self. Oh, it seems shit. like it takes a lot to, like, fabricate a whole new body, though. Mm-hmm. It takes time. Well, but remember time, we, we're not really 100% sure. That's true. Time after time. Oh my god. I was going to sing a different song, so I'm glad you piped up. <laughs> um, and so he offers to, like, go in. Yeah. And I don't know what this means. Like, we see what he's seeing when this thing jacks into his brain. Mm-hmm. But is he, like, reciting everything out loud for her to, like, follow? Like, what good is this doing? It doesn't, because of the way it kind of freezes on his face before he goes, like, into the code, he kind of, like, after he's done, like, hollering in pain, he kind of goes sort of, like, dead. Mm -hmm. So, my assumption is that he's not communicating in real time. So, she just gets to watch him fucking go comatose. How fun. And she'll have to, like, beg him to explain what's going on afterwards. I don't care for this. Um, what did you think of what he's seeing? Well, first, I want to address the fact that she's like, I can't turn off any of your pain receptors. And he says, it's fine. The pain is just a program. Well, which really sounds like the kind of shit they tell you in the army. <laughs> it's pretty hardcore for our Bernard, right? Pain is just a program. Like our Bernard has been like limping around. He's got a giant gash on his head half the time. But all of a sudden, he's just like, fuck it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it makes me think of, there were these shirts that dudes in my school used to wear when I was younger that was were like, pain is just weakness leaving the body. Oh my God. You know, that I kind sub- of shit. Yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> you know, did you wear that shit? No. Okay, you said it in such a tone, like there was guilt there or something. Well, you know. Did Steve wear it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> But, you know, some other guy may or may not have worn it. Oh, no. <laughs> no, seriously. No, no, no. That was never my never my thing. I don't think I've ever actually ever been with a guy who worked out. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think any guy I've ever ever gone out with was like a go to the gym dude. I've been out with like a bunch of guys who like thought fighting was like a way to work out, but, <laughs> but no actual like gym dudes. <laughs> fighting isn't working out if you have eleven beers first. <laughs> Better way to work off all those carbs, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I dated like two dudes who worked out, and it was a drag. Yeah, it seems like it would be. Yeah, that's the first thing I think. Like people, like you know, talking about how women go for like super buff guys, and it's like I may like to look at those guys but to no, a point, but nobody wants to be with those. I don't guys. want to fucking date. Like the first thing I think after, ooh, nice, is oh god. He's going like, to be judging what I eat and shit. High maintenance. Fucking he's, like. He's going to want me to go work out. Fuck that. Right? <laughs> like I went with some friends. We all went to the lake and it was like a group of like 10 of us. And there are two of us who are in shape. And the rest of us are not. We're all <laughs> drinking and chilling and having fun. And they're over there playing badminton and running around in yeah. 95 degree no. weather going, guys, don't you want to play? And I I'm like, even... are you fucking stupid? Do you know what you are doing to yourself? I don't even want to be friends with those people. <laughs> it was a real moment of me just being like, what are you even friends with us for, guys? What do you get out of this? Um, anyway. So, so Bernard what he sees. gets into the thing, and what we see is him kind of like he he, he goes comatose, and then he's on the train, and he's coming into Sweetwater, and he's just like walking into town like any any other newcomer, mm-hmm. you know. And he passes uh, Dolores coming out with her groceries. And, um, the little ball that gets taken out of his cortex looks black, but I think it is red. I think they're supposed to be red. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, um, but it could just be the weird, weird lighting that's happening in in the, in the cradle too. And then it like cuts from him to stubs and people parachuting in. Mm hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what to make of any of it. Like, how does he get back out of this program? How did? What is he even learning being here? Are you talking about Bernard? Yeah. Well, okay. Wait, I'm confused. What by what you mean? He's got his little cortex gets dropped into that chute. Mm-hmm. He wakes up. He's on a train. His brain is on a train, I guess. <laughs> What is he looking for? Well, is we, he going to try and find a room where there's a guy frantically pounding on a computer fighting back? Like, the whole point is that they're trying to figure out how the cradle's fighting back. Right. Well, we see that a little bit later in the episode. Like, at the very end. Is that... Is that the thing? Is that him on the piano is the thing? I think it's a big part of the thing, Yes. Okay, I'm confused now. All right, we'll get there. Okay, yeah, because I'm not sure. I I'm not sure what you like. You saw who was at the piano, though, right? Yeah. So does that not like make things kind of make sense and like not make sense loosely? That's my. That's what I mean. Is that it's so loose that I'm just like it may as well not have but happened. It, yet. it would fit if you had to think who or what could be in the code that was creating all this havoc. Yes. Okay. 
So I'm not really so I'm not asking so much how he got there because that's like a huge question, and I don't think we have enough information to posit any theories on that just yet. Right. But that that he's there seems like it falls in line with what we've seen going on. Yes. Even if we don't understand how he's there. Yes. Okay. All right. I guess my question is, it does not seem like he's doing anything. In that moment? Yeah. Oh, no, it doesn't. He's not like, like, you know, in some lab being a mastermind. He's just, you know. And so like, he is, that's my overall question is like, this all just looks like we're all just chilling in town. So he is playing the piano and this is really going to seem like a stretch, but I have to say, if you think about how much the piano has, um, figured in the story for the first mm-hmm. two seasons, right? Especially the first season where it was always a player piano mm-hmm. and now you have people or things that represent people playing the piano instead like he had Dolores playing the piano right mm-hmm. after she got done fucking upgrading Teddy <laughs> and then you it ends with Ford playing the piano that's true and Ford was playing the piano when uh, the man in black came in the bar that one time with yes, Teddy yes he was alright but that's later I'm 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 kind of not finding that satisfying right now. Well, so. I don't think there's enough of what you're thinking about in this episode yet to be satisfying. Because it's literally like the last 30 seconds of the episode. Like, oh, hello there. <laughs> well, it's not that. Like, yeah, the oh, hello there is a little bit like, okay, yeah, we figured you were here. Like, that's the I thing, did. too. Anyway. Like, I feel like when when this aired... I remember there being a lot of like, oh my God. And and I'll say this much too, now that we've seen him in the episode. So they were very cagey about, they actually came out and said that he wouldn't be back. The actor. Okay. Right. Which he's not, evidently. Because <laughs> um, that's just a reflection, so. Um, but I feel like this ep- this season we saw enough of we just talked about this of the man in black encountering ford in like the little boy right. when he's with when he meets elazo mm-hmm. so i feel like this show was kind of telling us that he's still around in some capacity right yeah i just you know it was like this moment where like Owen watching it with me is like, I bet Ford's there. I bet it's Ford. I bet he's the one. Yep, there he is. And we were both just like, yep. And I felt like the show sort of treated it like, <gasps> yeah, like, not not really. Yeah, like, this kind of feels like what is and, what you all have been pointing and to you know this whole time because we had this sort of almost exact conversation when there was the reveal that it was the man in black's daughter, mm-hmm. and it was like, well, is this supposed to be like a big? you know oh my goodness or has the show been kind of telling us this is where it's going yeah i felt the same way with this and i Uh, I mean listeners let us know were you surprised did you figure like what did you think look at you i'm doing it what did we talk about (laughs) (laughs) i'm just 
just it, this is not a like give me a correction or tell me a thing. This is what was your experience? That's a little different. Yeah, it's a good clarification. <laughs> Don't at she me to tell me it's wrong. <laughs> um, so, but then it cuts to the whole guy showing up on the beach. And um, uh, this gentleman, he's not oh here to God. play around. <laughs> this guy. And he is not at all impressed with the hopes. <laughs> he can't say fuck enough. Ashley. <laughs> is it... And you can ask, uh, Ashley, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Ashley is, uh, at your disposal. It's like, so unnecessarily shady. I love Stubbs's reaction to this too. Like, it's exactly the kind of thing that you would expect from somebody who's been taken seriously his whole life. And this is a dude, like, he's being talked to like he's a fucking noob. Mm-hmm. And it's insulting, but, like, as he's watching, he has to feel like a fucking noob. Yeah. He's been getting shit this whole season, Ashley mm-hmm. Stubbs has. Every time we turn around. Can so- you not? What? Don't, don't call him Ashley Stubbs. It's disrespectful. <laughs> don't call him by his name. <laughs> That's just kind of rude. But he has, like, every time we turn around, somebody is just like, oh, you're terrible at your job, aren't you? <laughs> Everything is on fire. The whole park is a mess. What was your job again? Oh, security? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk to Ashley. Jesus. To Ashley here. Yeah, I just love that moment so uh, much. Delta team on me. Move out. And I'm like, really? Delta team? Yeah. All right. He said something like, amateur hours over. Yeah, tell them to get their hands out of my system and keep holding their dicks. Oh, my God. It's so rude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all he could do is be like, okay, I guess I'm following you. <laughs> so we come from them to our uh, crew that is now back in Westworld. And yeah, they're back out Maeve the is climbing up there. They're all back in their clothes, too, which, okay. Yeah, I guess they stored it all I guess, somewhere. I guess. We're just going to let that go because yeah, there's really yeah. no, you know. They're in slightly different clothes. Like, she's in this um, double-breasted vest. But I feel like Smallwood's in the same I was going to say that. I feel like he's in the same exact outfit. Yeah. Um, and, of he's course. Farmhand heck- outfit. Uh, it's like a berry fit outfit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, uh, they climb out and they are back at her homestead. And it is, um, it's a pretty good moment. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, this, this, well, not bad navigating, huh? Yes, you can enjoy your one admirable contribution. And he sort of looks down like he's hurt, but also recognizing right. that he kind of deserves. That. And then she gives him a really sincere thank you, which I feel like and he doesn't deserve. I mean, he doesn't, and he looks at her like he knows he doesn't, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> I I needed a little something." And then he turns right around in two minutes. <sighs> this fucking guy. Coward. So she is. Uh, she tells the crew that she's going to go alone to get her daughter. You know, mm-hmm. she tells Hector mainly, hang back here. I'm just going to go grab her. I'll be right back. I love when she says, I need to do this alone. He doesn't even look at her 
or change expression, all he says is, I'm not leaving your side. I love it so much. How hot is it? It is. It really is. <laughs> There's not even like a moment of surprise nope. even that she's saying she's going on alone he's like yeah i knew you'd say that you dumb bitch i'm not listening to you <laughs> like you always trying to go and do things by yourself <laughs> like you don't understand like you don't job. know i thought i made it very clear what i was here for <laughs> i have one job and he gives her this longing look as she walks away too that is okay yep yep and then uh so they all wait they stand back and she makes her way up to the house and I meant to look this up too. This daughter, this actress is a different actress, right? We talked about that already. No, we haven't. Is it a different actress playing this daughter? I don't remember. I didn't meant to Google that to find out. I feel like it's a, it's different. We haven't seen her this season, have we? Well, no. What I mean is, like in the flashbacks, I feel like they changed her even in the flashbacks. Mm. But I, I would have to check that out. She might have just had a gross spurt. Yeah, I do not know. But, um, but I feel like this little girl is different. I feel like the other little girl was maybe a little bit fairer skinned and had looser hair. But, um, huh. okay. but I would really have to look into that. But so she makes her way to the house and then it cuts back to the man in black. Who's fleeing his only child. <laughs> like she's a fucking plague. And then it goes right back to Maeve. And, um, we get the scene with her and the little girl on the porch. And it's something. It is. It's pretty, like... Well, first they get... We kind of skipped because the man in black, like, they get attacked by ghosts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so that starts up. But then, yeah. Um... Uh, there's some ugly talk, too, about how we should have stayed back there with this girl. And I'm like, ugh. Yes, suck. Um, but yeah, so her approaching her daughter, like, again, it somehow hasn't occurred to her that this little girl isn't going to be sitting here waiting on you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She has a mom. Right. And you're just some weirdo. Yeah. Like her. That walked out of the plane. Yeah. Her, her story doesn't just stop, right? When Maeve mm -hmm. is, is no longer the mom and is at the Mariposa, like the loop continues. And yep. it's, uh. It's a it's a striking moment of like you said earlier about how you can know something intellectually but not really fully grasp it on an mm -hmm. emotional level, and um, she shows up and this little girl doesn't know who the fuck this is. She's a nice mm -hmm. lady, and they uh, have a conversation about her dolls and she's basically like you know your mother would never leave you or let anything bad happen to you. And then we see the not Maeve. Yeah. And it is. Same hair. It's it's funny because it's not like we talked about Clementine being replaced and Abernathy being replaced. Those were completely different people, you know? Mm -hmm. But this Maeve replacement is very reminiscent of the Maeve we know. Yeah. Which is, I don't know if that's just an effect for the show to like get a rise out of the audience or if we're supposed to think something deeper about it. But the fact that they replaced her with someone that's so similar yeah. makes this, I think, even more heartbreaking. And maybe that's why they, they did that. Yeah, this is, like, all of her acting in this scene, even from the moment when she comes out of the hole in the ground and, like, recognizes where she mm -hmm. is. It reminds... Um, if any of you have not watched the... Um, 
version of A Christmas Carol with George C. Scott. Oh, that's my favorite. It's so good. And there are some scenes that I don't think I really understood how good his acting was until this past year watching it. Where he's, you know, gone back in time and is watching scenes from his own youth. And he nails this expression of, like, of nostalgia, that pain and joy Mm -hmm. mixed together and and deep regret Mm. also, you know? And you see that playing over her face. But there's much more joy here because in Scrooge's thing, he can't change anything. What's happened's happened and he's just watching it play out like a movie. Right. And she's actually gotten to come back and is, she thinks about to affect some major changes and everything. Right. Like her face is incredibly hopeful. Yeah. Like this is it. I finally got the thing and I'm going to get to do the thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to change how this story goes. Yep. Yeah, so she talks to the little girl about her dolls, and the girl's like, well, that one's her mommy, and she's really worried that she's going to get taken away from her by the bad people. So, evidently, this little girl has some weird trauma from having lost Maeve that, like, she has not dealt with, or the people who wrote her script have left in her on purpose or by accident. And also haven't been taken away herself. Mm -hmm. Um... The way Maeve's face when she, this little girl says mom, you know, there's like, because before the camera cuts to the new mom, it just like hangs on Maeve's face Mm -hmm. and Jesus Christ, it's like somebody just stuck a dagger in her heart. And then, um, everything happens pretty quickly after that. The camera goes to the new mom and then there's like the action and we realize the ghost nation is like on the way and Maeve fucking freaks out. Yeah. This is like. Some actual nightmare shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean that in the most literal way is she's had this nightmare recurring. Mm-hmm. And here and it is. playing out in front of her eyes. Yeah. She's going through all this trouble, like all this hard work to get to this moment just to be forced to relive this nightmare. Mm-hmm. Except when the Ghost Nation... Ryder comes up on her after she's fallen. He says to her, come with me. Our paths are the same. Yeah. And you don't see what happens to the mom. So. No. It couldn't. Like, they might not have hurt her. But it just cuts away from her so quickly as they ride up on her. Yeah. And no offense, Ghost Nation. But if you're trying to not scare the shit out of people, maybe you don't canter up with your fucking tomahawks over your heads. Maybe. Just a thought. Maybe. Y'all. And then, like, the rest of the crew shows up, and they start firing, and then it really escalates. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever he was trying to say to her, he doesn't get a chance to. Yeah. Um, and then fucking Sizemore with his fucking his Sizemore. Phone. I hate him so much. How good is Felix, now? I Felix <laughs> is just such a goat in, in throughout <laughs> everything and I don't know how he like finds the strength to continue being this good <laughs> because honestly it must just be exhausting surrounded Especially by considering this. I was just gonna say like look the baggage that he's you with, know you know fucking size more and Sylvester they don't they don't inspire two you of the weakest to... examples yep. of humanity mm-hmm. Ugh. and he just keeps stepping up mm-hmm 
Yeah, he's and so then just uh, he's so cute too because the panic on his face, like, like he's really he, concerned here. Ugh. And then he runs off like to help. Yep, you know. Um, I love too that there's a minute with when Sizemore is using the phone. He says something about like how he's tired of having very real arrows pointed to his mortal head, mm-hmm. and you have to remember that you know Felix is also human as far as we know. Yep. And yet his reaction to that moment is so different. Yeah. From Sizemore's and Sylvester by extension. Um, he runs into it. We don't know how that works out for him because it cuts away. Yeah. But he does run into it. And there's a real like, I think part of it is, oh, you're talking about how we're mortal and they're not. But like right now, there's nobody out there fixing people like they're all dead Mm -hmm. so yeah they are at this moment as mortal as we are they're not coming back nobody you know like one good shot to the head and that's it for them Mm Mm-hmm. and all of the like equipment and shit has started to be fucked with yeah and all the technicians have been massacred i was gonna say there's not a bunch of techs running around anyway yeah um and speaking of we go to the train and the one tech that dolores has i guess she doesn't need him anymore i guess not what'd you think of this this whole scene with the train and all this like because it looks like what it looks like is that they decouple him so that he just goes careening off into nothing while they ride on into the cradle like the that's where the train seems to head into it's back that's backwards so they're riding away while the tech gets sent into the cradle that yeah the tech is like in the forward train of them so it's still barreling full speed ahead but they are gonna like lag behind and eventually like stop gotcha okay so that's what i thought like i thought that they intended us to believe the first one but that it was actually the second one that was happening Okay. Um, but okay, so they weren't really intending us to think that first one. They just I just like kind of interpreted it that way. Um All right, so and I don't know what the plan is here. Like are they meant to why do they want to destroy the cradle? Like that's everybody's thoughts, right? I thought Yeah, that's what we just found out from um Bernard and Elsie, that that is where, like... So, I don't know what the goal is there, unless they just want to take everyone out of commission, including themselves, which maybe... It's... Maybe they're... It's, like, where the backup is, so whenever they... I guess they go down, that's how they get restored. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But I want to talk about Teddy's conversation with her here. Okay. Because he comes up to her, he's so irritable. It's pretty good. Um, she's looking at him like, uh, it, it feels to me like she feels awkward. And she says, one of the last things my daddy told me was that I should run from this place. Do you think that's right? And I'm like, you need to stop testing That's what him. it feels like. Girl, listen, you made your choice. He shot somebody in the head in front of you with, like, no provocation <laughs> what at all. Else do you want? It feels pretty fucking clear by now. Whatever you wanted, you got. And if you're trying to find some softness left in there, don't bother. Yeah. Like, not only is it probably not there, but if it were there, 
you would probably start to obsess over it and then ruin your own plan. Yeah. You would just end up holding it against him if he expressed any of that. Exactly. You know? And his response, I never thought I'd want to leave. But I guess you fixed that, too. There's that little bit of shade again. That little bit of attitude. And she really looks at him like she's like, oh, all right. (laughs) Yeah. He is not like the nice flowery words and... You know, putting your feelings before his own or like mm-hmm. couching what he says to save, you know, face or hurting your feelings. All that shit's gone. Yep. And he seems, I don't know if she intended to up his anger, but he seems pretty angry. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's interesting because I'm wondering if she upped his anger against the people who messed with his head. And if that affects her right because she's also someone who messes with his head yeah you know like maybe she yeah. unintentionally turned that upon herself mm. and wasn't ready for yeah, it yeah i kind of like that thought <laughs> um and th- this is when he goes into the uh the compartment or not the compartment it's a whole friggin train car with the tech guy mm-hmm. and gives him a gun and a bullet and says, this is the extent of yep. my mercy. Use it quickly. Yeah, that's And then they lock him in. blooded Yep. Yeah. And they uncouple. The, and I'm, I am like, why didn't you just shoot him? Honestly, just shoot him. Why did you have to do it this way? Again, more hardcore to do it this way. feels like. Yeah. And Angela has a real satisfied fucking look on her face. And she usually does. <laughs> Angela needs therapy. Angela has some rage issues she needs to work out. Maybe do, take some kickboxing classes. I don't know. <laughs> um, sorry, my, my whole computer just glitched for a second. I thought I may have lost no! Audacity, but we still seem like we're good. Um, so then we cut back to, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, I keep thinking of him as like Murphy. I'm sorry. My whole thing is black, so I don't know who you're talking about. The uh, mustachioed Coughlin, ultra the new guy, Coughlin, Coughlin. is that his Coughlin, name? Coughlin, yeah. That's I might name. not be saying it right, but it's like C O U G H L I N. I love like okay, so they're talking about how the system is like pretending to be working fine, except it's not working fine, and we're trying to like we've got elevator monitoring on most levels. That's great, Hawking. Did you shut off the killer oh my robots? God, he calls him Hawking. Oh my God. <laughs> Like, I don't know if that's his real name or not. I just assumed that that was, like, being, like, you know, being kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with that. Just the And the whole, did you shut off the killer robots? <laughs> oh, God. It's pretty good. Systems can be forced. Not this one. Well, Ms. Hale, you got a little present for us? He's an Oxlab 3 in behavior. You left him there. He's not going anywhere. I'm like, girl, have you not learned yet? Mm-hmm. But he's not. <laughs> I mean, he's not. But seriously, just don't turn your back on anything anymore. Ever. Right. Uh, like, maybe she's got four people stationed in there with him. If she does, fine. But she doesn't say that. She just has this blithe, oh, it's yeah. fine. And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Don't nope. trust you it. don't say that <laughs> shit anymore. It's fine. It's not a phrase to be uttered in Westworld ever again. Um, and as he sends somebody off to deal with that, all of a sudden it looks like they have got the map back yeah. up. Yeah. 
which just in time real convenient <laughs> you know yeah um just in time to see the train heading towards them what is that that's the train and they're all looking at each other like i'm sorry what now and charlotte just takes a big breath like well <laughs> which is pretty amusing to me honestly um and then we get to see it heading in towards and our crew i guess as you said like just trailing behind mm-hmm. losing speed and watching yeah because they kind of fade back and they see it like the train barreling ahead and uh it it hits and there's this huge like shake of the room that elsie's in um which i really feel for her in that moment because she's like what the fuck was that but bernard's like very much out of commission right now and cannot offer any comfort or support so elsie walks up to him says what are you seeing in there and then we get to see what he's seeing in there Um, he's walking out like away from the train station he sees Dolores and stops short and seems to be a little bit spooked yeah he does right yeah (laughs) it's like he I don't know who he expected to be here in the town that they built but uh, (laughs) he's figuring that everybody's gonna attack him I don't know what he thinks is gonna happen yeah and this is like a kinder gentler Sweetwater right Mm -hmm. when things were I guess working the way they were supposed to work but there's a real scrawny stray dog that's um do you remember that dog no that we met that dog we met that dog we met that dog last season when Ford tells a story and then we meet his like oh, family right the dog that died that the kids said mm-hmm. yeah kid version forgot about that the weird greyhound yep poor greyhounds they always look fucking emaciated they do my my uh, in-laws their neighbors have greyhounds and they're they're just like I want to say they're neat dogs, but they're not. <laughs> they're you know like I don't know purebred dogs in general just really creep me out. Same, you know they're really nervous and high strung and mm-hmm. delicate to this point where it's just like, is this worth it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I could have a relationship with a human if I wanted all this fucking extra. Yeah, drama. you know exactly. Like I'll just have a human baby because that's what these are. They fucking need their own car seat and shit. <laughs> I need to get scented lotion. You know, you get, paws. You got to get them like a vest for when it thunders outside. Yes. It's just too much. <laughs> We're taking her to her weekly spa session. She has to get a massage. Remember she gets when tense. fucking Niles got that greyhound dog <sighs> after he divorced Maris? <laughs> so good. <laughs> Did you see? I know you don't follow the uh, Rod Morrow on Facebook. No, we're not. I, but I listen to the shows all the time. But I don't see him on he, Facebook. He re, he shared a review that somebody posted on this like really um, kind of elitist sounding website. And it's a really positive review of his show, The Black Guy Who Tips, for those who are interested. And uh, the picture of the guy who wrote the review is like top, it's like the thumbnail for the shared link. And if this guy doesn't look exactly like (laughs) a combo of Niles and Fraser Crane. And I was looking at it thinking, 
wow, this guy. And the first comment is, oh, shit, you're getting reviews like this from Fraser Crane. Huh? <laughs> Moving up in the world. And I was like, thank you so much. Like, it was, they took it right out of my head. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, he's, he sees the dog and is kind of like, oh, really? That seems to be the clue for mm-hmm. him. And he follows it into this brothel that Teddy is walking out of. Yep. Stops and stares at Teddy like, the fuck you going? <laughs> uh, he's going to Dolores, you dum-dum. Right? Where does he always go? Where do you think he's doing? And there's Ford playing on the piano. He's uh, blurred out and all we see is his reflection as he's like, hello, old friend. <laughs> And that's that. That's that. So, yeah. I don't know. All right. Sure. Some stuff happened. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, I guess I just don't kind of care about Ford anymore. It's sort of what I've come to come down on, you know? What would be some things that would make you care about him. Like what it what could he bring to the table at this point that would be interesting? Mm. I mean, if he knew all about exactly what they were trying to do at the park and was like actively trying to because it feels like the the way that this has been presented so far is that he was trying to disrupt and destroy what he intended the park to be mm-hmm. from when he was young and that now they've changed what the objective is and maybe what he had set up to be like the self-destruct button wouldn't work because everything is like the the whole point right is a different thing than he thought right so i'm not really sure like how much he knew you know he seemed mm-hmm. to be pretty prepared um, we also, I think would be interested in like the, the way it happened last season where he, at the end of the season, decides that he has to go to, right? Right. But we don't get a lot of like, cause the whole first season for it is super menacing, you know? Yeah. He's like the, the bad guy Yep. for the season. Right. And then it ends with all of a sudden he is. On the side of Bernard. I mean, Arnold. Right. Um, so, but we don't really know how, 100% how that happened. Because we spent so much of that season of him seeming like he was um, orchestrating everything to keep the park running. Yeah. And that, that Arnold was sort of the nemesis, right? Right. Um. So what would it look like if suddenly Ford was 100% in line with whatever it is that Arnold thought he was doing? I don't know. <laughs> because I'm not even 100% on what the what the objective is for anybody anymore. Yeah, that's fair. You know? Like there's some of how Bernard's been behaving makes me feel like he was partially pre-programmed to do some things. Mm-hmm. 
that he's not even aware of. Especially those earlier episodes of this season where it seems yeah. like he's, he is behaving in a way that's sort of like a directive and not even his own choice. Yeah. Even though he's supposed to be awake. So I don't know how, like, yeah, I don't know how any of these pieces could fit together. I don't know. And, like, I feel like this has to have something to do with Maeve being able to, like, voodoo people into killing themselves. Oh, what do you mean? Like, the fact that Bernard has got some new directives, as you phrased it, it feels like she does, too. Mm, okay. Like, like, putting Ford into the system, he was able to, like, wiggle around and give oh, her some new shit to do. You know what I mean? That would make sense, because that sort of seemed like it came out of nowhere. We talked about that, too. But it's just, it does feel a little deus ex machina to just be like, well, you know, Ford's in the system and he's just doing shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I guess, right. okay. Right. But it's, it is kind of hand wavy. Yeah. I guess it really will just depend on how they, what they do in the next couple episodes with this reveal that he, you know, is there in the code or whatever is happening. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's that. Yeah. I don't know what else to say <laughs> except for I still don't trust Ford. Well, I feel like that is fair and earned. He, uh you just got a feeling to him, you know? Yeah. And his, he, I mean, we only saw his reflection in the piano, but it was smug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was a man who's not like, oh, no, you caught me. He's like, finally, <laughs> fucking catching up. Jesus Christ, I've been sitting here. Playing the same damn song. <laughs> My ass fell asleep like six hours ago. <laughs> this mangy-ass dog won't leave me alone. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say mangy-ass hooker. No! Because like, he's in the brothel downstairs. No. You know, I was like about to be like, Jesus Christ. But it was the dog. That makes more sense. I don't feel like any of those women are going to be bothering Ford. He's got to have programmed them to ignore him. Because that uh. just seems like it'd get awkward. It doesn't seem like his thing at all, does it? Mm -mm. No. Yeah, I, mm -mm. I agree. Like, if one of them came over, he'd be like... Oh. Poor, poor girl. No. I'm kind of headcanon. I'm realizing now that, like, Ford and uh, Arnold were like a couple. Oh, shit. Which I don't think I ever really stopped to think about it, but I just sort of assumed it. You know what I mean? Mmm. Mmm. Um, <laughs> I, I hadn't thought of that at all, but now my head is all like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like. I think it's because of the nature of the their quarrels mm. and how sort of like irritated they seemed with each other in right. a very personal sort of right. like, I love you so much and you're fucking wrong. Have you ever had, I've had like friendships with women that have been like not sexual. I'm but... sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> but that have like gotten to be so intense that when we fought. It really was like a couple. Like, it, it hasn't happened in years. It's, it, in my experience, it's the kind of thing that happens when you're fairly young. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like you have these really intense relationships. And uh, they, you know, go awry as they do when you're 19 and you don't know who you are yet. And you're growing and you're changing. And the other person is like resentful of the fact that you're changing. Uh, but I do 
kind of see what you mean about Ford and, and um, Arnold. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's like, how dare you not be on board with the thing we agreed to at the beginning? But you changed? Yeah. What do you mean you changed? You don't get to change. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, it's not even like, because I, I don't want to make it so that like, oh, these guys had a pretty intimate friendship, so they must be gay for each other. No. Like, I don't want to be that person that has to make every male friendship into like a homosexual fanfic thing. <laughs> because I get really irritated at the fact that we don't let men express friendship without being weird about right. it a lot oh. of the time. So I don't want to be doing that, but I just feel that way with the two of them we also don't really have a lot of vocabulary at our disposal to discuss male relationships at that level it's true though. you know we don't just it's just not something that we are comfortable with and we don't give a lot of space to so whenever we see a relationship like that it almost immediately becomes that it's like the, the holmes and watson thing you know people can't wait to write fiction about how they're having sex yeah because there's just no room for two men to have a relationship that's that deep and and a little codependent (laughs) yeah i just i i really get judgy about that and i kind of judged myself also for sort of wanting something like that in a cursed child um but you know, I just kind of <laughs> I felt it should go a certain way, and it didn't. And I was just a little by it, among other things. <laughs> that was a thing, though. That was a thing that should have happened in Cursed Child. That yeah, that was, was just though. completely like punked out on. Yeah, way to waste all of our time. Yeah, but that whole <laughs> thing was a waste of time. So, what are you gonna do? It's true. Um, those of you who have not already listened to that, it's on the iTunes Harry Potter feed, so enjoy us ripping that apart. And, and you don't even hour. have to listen to us rip it apart, because the audience joined in. Oh, man. <laughs> they I, kinda, you know, the audience was just gold. They just kind of just jumped in and ran with it. They were so excited that we weren't going to be making excuses for this thing. Um, but yeah, so I I am kind of like... There's a, uh, th- I feel like there's a weirdness to that too. If they were involved with each other, that he made a Bernard, who then was straight. That's or a- at least by, but I he mean, was involved with Teresa. Well, yeah, so that's true. I don't know if that's like uh, kind of undermining my theory here, yeah. or if Ford just decided that it would be too conspicuous to like be in a relationship with somebody that was like supposed to be on the staff like he couldn't really pull that off and right. make him not because the whole thing is that Bernard's sort of his like oh my god I was about to say his man inside <laughs> oh that's you get what I mean he's supposed to be the spy mm-hmm. he's a spy um, and it I don't feel like you can do that and also be like publicly with somebody right and I don't think he could be privately with him and not have, like, because Bernard's ethics feel strong enough that I think he'd have a problem with that. Like, the character that was built for him. Right. You know? um, I, I do, so yeah. do want to say, like, even though I, it was, it's interesting to me to think of them as having a relationship that is just, be, you know, more than uh, colleagues and friends, I don't want to discount the importance of having just a very deep friendship with someone 
Mm-hmm. And and from what we saw Ford in the first season, he was pretty isolated, you know? It That's was true. it wasn't like he was <clears throat> part of the work team and he was hanging out with people for happy hour and shit. So to rebuild his closest friend, um to fill that, you know, that space mm-hmm. seems like totally something he would do. J- it, without it having to be anything other than that. Hmm. I'm very curious about how all of this is going to shake out. Well, I have a lot of questions. Yeah. And I have a feeling I'm not going to get a lot of answers. There were a lot of questions for all of us. <laughs> Thank you. That's very helpful. <laughs> There were many times where I thought that I had like a handle on everything and then something would happen and I'd be like, whoop, and I'd just throw all my notes up in the air. Well, I'll, I will say that I have at no point felt like I had a handle <laughs> on anything. So I at least have that going for me. Um, all right. Well, guys, thank you all so much for listening. You know where to find us. Facebook.com slash unspoiled pod. Twitter at unspoiled show. Instagram at unspoiled podcast. Unspoiledpodcast.com. You can commission things uh, for me to read or watch at unspoiledpodcast.com slash shop. You can listen to me reading and watching things that people have commissioned on the Spoil Me feed, which is on iTunes. And um, it's also separated by book and show on the website under Spoil Me. And uh, those of you who are patrons, $5 and up are going to be getting some black mirrors. Um, I've done the first three <laughs> out of order. My bad. Oh, my God. But <laughs> you'll find out about that later. And also, I'm going to be doing my uh, traditional unspookled for Halloween times um, over the next couple of weeks. So I try and do like three or four episodes per October. Um, they take a lot of time because there's so much more editing involved since there's sound effects and things like that. So I usually wind up doing three last year. I think I did four. Um, I got lucky last year cause I've got a good crop of stories, but, uh, yeah, if you guys are interested in listening to some spooky stories, maybe become a patron even for just the month of October and check those out. Um, I think that's everything. So is there anything you want to add mademoiselle before we sign off? No, ma'am. There rarely ever is. All right, everybody. Well, we will see you next week with a new episode. Toodaloo, motherfuckers. Bye, guys. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.